Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. There's a saying that I learned when I was growing up, and I think many of you probably learned it as well. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Now there's a sense in which there's some truth to that saying, that if we're firmly grounded in our identity and the knowledge of God's love for us, and the, in the truth that we are God's children, if we have humility, then other people's words, you know, don't necessarily need to affect us that much. But there's another sense in which that saying is incredibly wrong. Because words can do terrible damage. Words can cause incredible harm. And our readings today remind us of the gravity of our speech, whether for good or for ill, and that as Christians we need to govern our tongue. We need to govern our words and our speech because of their potential for doing good, but also for doing evil. Our first reading from Sirach, we heard these words, the fruit of a tree shows the care it has had. So too does one's speech disclose the bent of one's mind. You see, our words, our speech, are a reflection of our mind and our heart. They're like a mirror. They reveal what's on the inside, for good or for ill. Praise no one before he speaks, for it is then that people are tested. Our character Our moral uprightness is in large part determined, not just by our actions, which we often focus on, but by our words. And so it's so important that we strive to govern our speech. And this is something that we all struggle with. Every single human being at times says things they shouldn't say. And so all of us need to take up this challenge of the gospel together. Jesus tells us today, a good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good. If there's goodness in our heart, then what we will say will be good. But an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we speak evil, it's out of anger and judgment bitterness. We allow the evil in our heart, the sin in our heart to come out through our mouth. But we need to recognize the seriousness with which our Lord tells us that we need to govern our speech. In this same passage, this same teaching of our Lord in the Gospel of Matthew, there's something else added that reminds us of how important this is, of how serious this is. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render an account for every careless word they utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. We have a tendency, I think, sometimes to dismiss sins of the tongue. Well, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just words after all. 
And that is not what our Lord teaches us. He teaches us that we will be judged by our words. And so I think today it's important for us uh, to examine ourselves, to reflect upon the different ways in which we might be sinning with our speech. And so I want to go through a few of them and explain them. And all of these are kind of summed up in, in what we call sins of the tongue, but also more colloquial, we just refer it to gossip. But there's different types of gossip. There's different ways in which we can sin with our speech. And some of them maybe you're not quite aware of. And so it's good to hear these things. The gravest type of sin of the tongue is what we call calumny or slander. And that's when you're saying something that is false about another person. You're lying. You're saying something false about another person in order to harm their reputation, their good name, in order to do damage to them, maybe to get back at them. Right? You're saying something that is not true. And in doing so, you're causing grave harm to that person. And it's kind of easy to remember what calumny and slander are because they both have an L in them. And they're both lies. So it's saying a falsehood about another person. And this can be done intentionally when you're angry or upset or when you just really have a lot of bitterness towards somebody. And you want to get them back. You want to hurt them. Now, hopefully none of us ever do that because that is a very grave sin. But I think there's another way in which we sometimes do it unintentionally. And that's when we spread rumors. Because nine times out of ten, rumors are not true. We hear something secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand. It gets twisted in the saying, and then we pass it on to someone else. Oh, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what so-and-so did or said? You don't know whether or not that's true. You don't know the context in which the actual event happened. And so in, to some extent, you're spreading a falsehood. And you're exposing that person to further damage, further harm. And my friends, we need to stop this. This is common everywhere. And as Christians, we need to be the ones that don't pass that on. We don't need to expose. We don't need to spread rumors. Because in doing so, we're not spreading the truth. And we're not acting with charity. But there's another type of sin in the tongue. Sin of the tongue. And this one actually does have to do with what's true. It's called detraction. So detraction is the sin of, say, of spreading a truth about somebody that doesn't need to be spread. It's revealing somebody's faults or mistakes that people don't need to know about. Just because you know something about somebody doesn't, know, doesn't mean that somebody else needs to know it. Even if it's true. Because you're still doing damage to that person's reputation and their good name. You're still sinning against them. We should want to hide the faults and sins of our neighbor out of love for them. We shouldn't want other people to know the mistakes and sins that people have committed because that is not an act of love. So even if you know something about somebody and it's true, you know it's true, that doesn't give you a right to tell other people about it. And so the sin of detraction is spreading a negative truth about somebody that does harm to their name or their reputation. And you can remember detraction because it's got a T in it, and it's true, but it's still a sin. But then also, our, our speech sometimes about others is just kind of negative or judgmental. 
you know, tearing people down or just focusing upon being critical. And it's when we do that that Jesus in today's gospel calls us hypocrites. Why are you focused upon the faults of your neighbor when you ignore your own? Why are you focused upon the little splinter in your brother's eye when you've got a big wooden beam in your own? We're called to focus on our own faults because we ourselves are in need of conversion. It's easy for us to criticize other people, but the true challenge of the gospel is to be critical of ourselves for the sake of conversion. Because by the very act of speaking negatively about somebody, we find ourselves condemned. Because our evil thoughts and our evil words are coming out of our own anger, our own bitterness, our own pride. And we need to turn that first to ourselves. But then Jesus says that once you've removed the beam from your own eye, then you can see clearly to help your neighbor. They may very well be doing something wrong. But to help them out of charity and out of love, not out of judgment, not out of a desire to drag them down. And so we must strive to be positive with our speech, to build people up and not tear them down. And then lastly, today in our age, with technology being everywhere, we need to say that we can also sin through social media, through the internet. People have a tendency to be so critical and judgmental, something they would never say to somebody's face. They'll, they'll put on Facebook or any of those medias. But we are responsible for those words. And we need to strive to be charitable, even on the internet, perhaps especially on the internet. And as I said, these are things that all of us struggle with, that we all need to examine and repent of and work on every day. Because the harm that is caused by these sins of the tongue cannot be underestimated. They cause division. Me against them, this group against that group, this clique against that clique. They separate us. And division is not of God. Division is not of God. And this is especially something that I think we need to be aware of in a, a small town, a small community, a small parish, where everybody knows everybody. And word gets around real quick. And we need to be the ones that stand up and stop that. If we call ourselves Christian, we cannot participate in gossip and rumors and calumny and detraction. We need to have the courage and the humility to put an end to it, to not participate in it. Especially if it's about a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Because when we speak ill of them, we speak ill of Jesus. When we fail to love them, we fail to love him. And a good general rule of thumb is if we haven't said something to the person themselves, or if we're unwilling to say it to their face, then don't say it to someone else. If you have a real grievance with somebody, then bring it to them. Try to work towards reconciliation and forgiveness. Don't tell other people about it, because that doesn't help anything. It just makes it worse. As I said, we all struggle with this, and it's very prevalent in our society, but sometimes that becomes an excuse. Well, everybody else is doing it. That doesn't mean it's okay. And we need to be the ones that stand up with courage and with faith and with love and not participate and call others out if they're doing it with love, not with judgment.
so that with our words we can cease doing evil and start doing good, so we can build people up, so we can encourage people. This is what our faith calls us to, that all of us have good and evil in our heart, all of us. But when we are feeling that evil, when we're feeling that anger or that judgment or that bitterness or whatever it is, jealousy, we need to shut our mouth and hold our tongue. And instead, we need to choose to speak out of the goodness of our heart so that we can be more Christ-like, so we can be examples and witnesses of love and of kindness and of compassion. This is what Jesus asks of each one of us. And he reminds us that we will be held accountable for how we use the gift of speech that he himself has given us.